Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. What up, what up, what up? You are tuned in to episode 62 of the All the Fly Kids show. I'm your host. Mama, there goes that man with the bag, your big brother backpack, Matt. Um, our co-host, Geronimo Nose, is still on his uh, last leg of his tour in Trinidad and Tobago. He couldn't join us today via phone, so we just wish him uh, wish him well and wish him safe travels when he gets back uh, before the weekend, man. I look forward to seeing you, bro. Uh, we have a special guest today, but um, first off, let me get some housekeeping out the way. Make sure you rate, comment, and subscribe. You know we're available on iTunes. You know we're available on Stitcher, Google Play, pretty much where you know podcasts are generally um, available. That's where you can find us. And so make sure you comment, rate, and subscribe. Show us that support. Share us on social media. Get the word out because we have some really quality interviews with some extremely quality people. And a lot of people need to hear these messages and the stories of the people who we interact with. So, you know, uh, the, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm leaning on the tribe to make that happen. All right, it's a shout out to Jack. Um, Shout out to Jack, our engineer. I know he got the mic up. Make sure you get the mic queued up, Jack. I'm uh, yes, sir. Leverage you a few times, and make sure you had a soca horns ready too. I know (laughs) only G would want that right. Yeah, man. But let me get there. It is. Yeah, get the energy up. All right, all right, cool. Let me get into my spiel. All right, Happy Black History Month 2018. All right, come on now. We must not forget. Also. You know, this is the opening week for Marvel's highly anticipated film, Black Panther. Everybody's talking about it, right? You know, it's breaking ticket pre-sale records across the country, and it's seemingly bridging the gap between blacks, nerds, comics, and mainstream on a worldwide multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar really stage. That's cool. That's some fly shit. But I think we did them up. I think we did them one better this time. I think we have some fly shit. Because people don't know that even though Black Panther is one of my favorite comics, it was created by two white men cool stan lee and jack kirby you know it's based in a fictional african country of wakanda right if captain america is from queens <laughs> why can't why can't t'challa be from nigeria or sudan or ethiopia you know which are the two countries that i last mentioned that are you know are supposedly supposed to be around wakanda but that's besides the point we got a real african nigerian celebrated um animator um, comic book and graphic novel creator in the studio with us today who's hails from Lagos, Nigeria, but calls the DMV his home. Uh, we have Mr. Roy Akupe on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And um, that, was, that was a great intro. Oh, thank you, man. So far. The horns were, I mean, I almost jumped out my it's seat. It's all Jack's magic, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? He told us to stop just jumping into interviews, actually, like, keep people up. Let people know who they're who they hearing right now, man, and why they should listen to him, man. So, yeah. yeah, thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. Um, just to give you a little background in terms of how I, I met you, um, you know, I'm a big, avid comic book reader mm-hmm. um, across the different universes, big DC comic fan first, but I love Marvel as well. Okay. Um, I was really into 
uh, Ta-Nehisi's Coates uh, rendition of Black Panther, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, which, uh, you know, uh, gained a lot of attention and whatnot. And now with this movie coming about, mm-hmm. I found it fitting that we we bring you to the show. And I, I read, uh, uh, you know, the first book that you put out, mm-hmm. so The Legend of Wale mm-hmm, Williams. Mm-hmm. Volume one, and I'm halfway through volume two, so cool. I'm excited to see how it ends. It's an amazing book. Thank you. But Thank you. yeah, appreciate it. Uh, I know you have roots in uh, Lagos, Nigeria, before you moved over here in the yeah. early 2000s. So, you mm-hmm. know, uh, what was life like in Nigeria? I mean, it was cool. Um, I was born and raised in uh, Lagos, Nigeria. Um, I was, I think I left, when did I get here again? Uh, 2002 is when I got to the US. So mm-hmm. it's funny, I've, I've spent, I spent my first 16 years. Uh, back home in Nigeria, and I've spent the other half of my 16 years, I think I just gave my age away, <laughs> uh, <laughs> here in the U.S. So uh, I, I, you know, I always tell people I've, I've experienced the best of both worlds, right. um, getting to grow grow up in Nigeria and then, you know, experience that culture yeah. and, um, you know, bring that here with me to the United States and then be, a, you know, to, to get to being ingratiated with the American culture as well, too, right. um, and take bo- take the great things from both cultures um, and just kind of put that into my work and things that I do and even just my personal life as well too. So I'm growing up in Nigeria was fun. Um, it, um, you know, Nigeria it will always be home. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to all my Nigeria people listening, how far now? What tribe? What tribe? <laughs> uh, Yoruba. Yoruba? Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, boy. Yoruba and Igbo. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. There's one more. I, I How's that? Those are the three major tribes, yeah, but yes. uh, there's there's a lot there's a lot more yeah. tribes in uh, you, Nigeria. You get familiar with uh, Nigerian culture growing up in Prince George's County. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's a it's a dense. <laughs> it's almost population. like an extension. Of, yeah, yeah. I wanted <laughs> so to get into that. Like, uh, <laughs> what was life? So, because you, you moved, you said 16. 16 yeah. is a pivotal age. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, I don't know based off the schooling system. Had yeah. you where you already finished with? Yeah, I was done. School? I was done with uh, yeah secondary school, which is high school, yeah. equivalent to high school. Yeah, so. Um, so basically, I went from secondary school or high school directly to uh, college here. Okay, okay. And yeah. you went to Mason, right? No, no, no. I went to, so I, I, I did um, two years in community college. Uh, Nova? Montgomery, Montgomery College. MC, okay, nice. And then I went to George Washington University. Washington. Got my undergrad there, and then I went back for my master's. In computer science. Yes. Right, all right. So uh, uh, you also did like a, an additional course at the Art Institute. Yes. Right, and yeah. so in animation. So yes. my question for you is, uh, it seems like you were deeply rooted in technical stuff. That mm-hmm. was kind of like your, I wouldn't say a security blanket, but like mm-hmm. bread and butter, right? Yeah. Like you could you could definitely depend on IT, tech, yeah. and whatnot. Exactly. But you had this passion to get into animation. Always. Where was where was that creativity? Where did that spark from? Was this back when you were a kid? Yeah. Like, I mean, it started right from as young as I can remember. I'm, I've always been hooked on cartoons, superheroes. Um, yeah. My mom would literally have to drag me away from yeah. <laughs> from the TV every morning just to go to school because I would want to watch Ninja Turtles. Um, the X-Men animated series was yeah. huge back then. The Spider-Man uh, animated series, Transformers, um, all these things. I was just so, I was so hooked on them. Um, you well, know, what were those Saturday mornings like? Oh, what my was, God. Like, what was the regiment on a Saturday morning? It's like wake up as early as possible yeah. and then try and eat breakfast as quick as possible yeah. and then run over to the TV and just be behind, you know, be at TV for that six hours just Word. watching shows and just... No food um, breaks, no cereal no, breaks? Nothing, no, 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 nothing, nothing. Just that. And then after that, play video games for, for another four hours before my mom comes and flings the patterns. Like, oh, go do your homework or go do, do something else. But yeah... um, I've always been attached to that 
type of content. It's just that I never really believed that I could do it. Mm-hmm. I didn't, um, not only did I not see superheroes or, or um, these kind of characters that, um, you know, looked like me or were Nigerian or roaming the streets of Lagos, mm-hmm. I didn't see or know anyone that was writing these characters that were like me right. or producing or directing. Mm-hmm. So I felt like it was a it was an industry that just wasn't meant for me, and that's that's the dangerous thing about that's, representation yeah. that a lot of people don't realize. Like as a kid, you're influenced so much by media. Yeah. Like now, when um, I don't have children, but uh, I have a lot of nieces, uh, nieces and nephews, and like anytime their parents want to just get them to shut up, it's like hey, take my iPhone, just gonna watch something. Yeah. You know these things shape our you know our Absolutely. kids' minds, and you know. I owe, that's why I always tell people that's that's the real purpose of diversity is not just okay let's just have a black character let's right. have people see themselves in these characters exactly and that benefits both parties right it does because exactly it's that you know as a kid because I, I totally understand what you're saying it's like is it even feasible yeah. for me to be this you exactly. know like you know the things that I idolize they don't look like me right so where is that disconnect and that yeah. doesn't make any sense for me and also yeah. on the other side if you're producing content you know, and especially with with blacks as a whole, Africans, African Americans, mm-hmm. the entire diaspora. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the largest consumers, yeah, it's a consumer market. So, yeah, it would behoove you to you know engage us and connect us in a way that we're we're on your side. Yeah, you know? and not even just that. Um, I grew up. Um, I learned about American culture through watching TV shows. I learned about Greek mythology through watching things like Gladiator, not Gladiator, excuse me, um, you know, Roman, Roman history by watching things like Gladiator and then Greek mythology through things like, you know, Alexander. And, right. You know, just like you consume this media and you get to learn about different cultures. Right. And I feel like that's what brings the, the world together. It, it piques your interest too, It piques right? your interest and then it allows you to even go and do more research. I right. feel like even now, a lot of people are still ignorant about Africa. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with not having enough media representation in terms of movies, cartoons, you know, comics, you know, TV shows and, and, and the likes. I would watch um, either a movie that was based on either Roman history or, you know, Greek mythology. And it fascinated me. And I, I would go and do more research after that. I was like, oh, right. what is this deity? Or, okay, you know, Caesar did this when? Or like, I would actually go and seek out that, yeah. you know, information. That's what I'm trying to do with my with Egyptian my mythology, too. Exactly. Mythology too. You yeah. know, exactly. That was like the only African mythology yeah. that was like propped up. Exactly. But we're not going to talk about Gods of Egypt and you okay. know, that movie because that, yeah. that yeah, it's not. It's, it was so bad. I completely <laughs> forgot about that in my reference bank. I had to go back into the archives and dig that up real quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so let's talk. So you're talking about Africa and not yeah. getting its just due in terms of representation and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. I know in terms of because I've been I've, I've had a peaked interest in Africa recently. I feel like a lot of people my age. I'm 27. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I just did the ancestry.com mm-hmm. thing. I'm mm-hmm. hoping I'm Nigerian. I'm <laughs> like that. I'm banking on it. You know, you know, you know, and because uh, I got a lot of friends. Shout out my dude right. uh, Oluwatosin and, and, and a couple of uh, other homies, Nigerian homies. But um, yeah, I'm hoping that I'm Nigerian. But you know, that's besides <laughs> the point. But you know. Especially with technology, right? Like yeah. Nigeria, Ghana, and mm-hmm. a few other countries are mm-hmm. really leading the charge in terms of African countries and yeah. technology and advanced yeah. cities and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. You don't see that on the media. You no. don't see that often, which is why some, like a movie like Black Panther is mm-hmm. getting so much like shock value, yeah. much deserved, right? Yeah. But you know, I, I did some research in real life, and it's like there's not one African country listed in like the most top fifteen technically advanced countries, and I think that might be mm-hmm. biased stats. I don't know what they're basing mm-hmm. it on. But, you know, to tie that into your background as yeah. being African and mm-hmm. really in the tech and mm-hmm. also with EXO, the legend of Wale Williams, a mm-hmm. character who's 
from Nigeria mm-hmm. and also is heavily um, into technology and coding and programming. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what kind of were the, the factors that led you into creating characters who had that tech background and had that African heritage? Yeah, I mean, for me, if you, if you do your research, you would, you would realize that not just Africans, but even African-Americans, there are a lot of people that have made very, very huge contributions to technology. Absolutely. And to the advancement of mankind. Like, again, these things are not celebrated. They are not, um, they are not you know, put out as, as, as hard as they should be. And, and part of it is, 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 is on the onus of people like us, like writers and creators, to, to do that as right. well, too. And not just point the finger and say, okay, media isn't doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we doing? Right. to put more of that out there. So if, if you do your research, you would see a lot of that. And even advancements, I'm not saying just not just in the past, but even even uh, as recent as, you know, the 21st century, the 20th century as well too. And then you go back to things like, and when you do your research and you go back to things like Timbuktu and the um, the university at Sankore, like, you know, people went there from Europe to study things. Yeah. You know, so they went to study wow. mathematics and things. Like, again, you don't know these kind right. of things. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? But then again, that, that's why it's important for us to not just create content that's entertaining, but inspiring and, you know, educational as well. And that's what I try to do with my book. Everything, as much as, yes, I do a lot, of, I do fiction. Most of the times when you see something in my book, it's based on something that I, I researched and I said, okay, how do I... Right, fit this into my story and it's still entertaining but it still gives people a hint that okay hmm let me find out more about this let me see right. what this is all about yeah I uh so that cues up my next question perfectly um I know you've created a universe right yeah it was anchored in EXO Wally Williams right that was your first mm-hmm. um kind of uh character that you created but you created you know several other additional characters within the yeah. universe like you have Malika which is your, I believe your newest character yes. one of your newest characters yes um, you have Windmaker, you have yes. like this entire universe of mm-hmm. African rooted characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of EXO, The Legend yeah. of Wale Williams, I read through it and I loved it because there were so many things that I could I could point out and mm-hmm. say, hmm, you know, not to have a centrist approach, but mm-hmm. uh, this sounds, you know, eerily similar to what's going on today in right. America. Right. You know, I see themes about family, mm-hmm. family dysfunction, exactly. neglect, mm-hmm. resentment, mm-hmm. selfishness, yep. forgiveness. Yep. But then you have higher kind of more macro things mm-hmm. like corruption exactly. within governments and mm-hmm. private industries. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. gentrification yep. and, you know, targeting, yep. you know, low, you know, socially disenfranchised communities, yep. Yep. And yep. greed, destruction, class, yep. mm-hmm. trust. And also there's like this this underlying current of innovation. Yeah, it's loaded. It like, And I'm so happy you said that because a lot of times people take, um, especially EXO at face value as, oh, okay. This guy is just, you know, flying around in a suit and right. fighting robots or whatever, right. which is cool. But um, I, I try to, I try to put as, 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 as much, um, you know, not only current themes, but themes that are, you know, in a very, in a, in a, in a sense, mature. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Not just um, low-level themes like, okay, this is the bad guy. Right. He wants to take over the world and he right. wants to kill people and then we have to stop him. Right. You understand what I'm saying? You know, I don't write stories like that. And I, I, I try not to, as much as all these themes that you, you, you mentioned, they're in there. Mm-hmm. But it's not in a way where it's like the story is so complex, like you can't understand right. it. It's right. very It's very black and white. Yeah. You can see, okay... This is what he, the writer is trying to say. This is what I'm trying to say. And for me, it's very important. And as much as, like I mentioned, Africa is not always represented in a way that, you know, is, gives a full picture. 
there are issues there is corruption there is you know things like oh gentrification there is stuff like you know you know people starving and things like that mm-hmm. those issues are there yeah what i try to do is paint a big picture where it's like okay these things are there but these are the other things that are great about this right. about us and right. great about nigeria or lagos or south africa or even going back to the past and see our kingdoms and right. kings and queens you they're know, all globally identifiable exactly you understand themes. what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah you know so um i i try to as much as i do superhero and fantasy put these themes in there that humanize these characters as well right right and just to take a step back you know um i imagine that most of the people who are listening to this episode have no idea who wale williams exo or any of these things are so could you just just in terms of exo can mm-hmm. you give me like the brief 15 second synopsis of the story right yeah so exo the legend of wally williams is it's a superhero it's a sci-fi superhero story that's set in a uh, near future 2025 lagos nigeria which is where i was born and raised mm-hmm. and the story follows um obviously wally williams who he returns home after a five-year absence and then he finds this super suit that his father built mm-hmm. But the twist is that Wally actually hates his father. Mm-hmm. So initially, he doesn't want anything to do with the suit at all. He doesn't like I don't I don't want anything to do with the suit. Like I hate this guy. I'm just here to take care of my brother that you left behind. Mm-hmm. But then there's a terrorist attack in the city, mm-hmm. and Wally is now forced to become the hero he was always meant to be. Right. And I feel like most of the time in life. Um, our destiny is not necessarily stuff that we plan. It's, it's stuff that we adjust to. Right. Like you yeah. have a plan, you have a plan. It's like I want to do this and this, and then life then happens. Life happens. <laughs> and then you adjust to it, and then you're like, I feel like that's when your true colors come out in the face of adversity. You that's when adapt or die. Right? Exactly. You know. So that's when the hero, the hero that he didn't know he was, mm-hmm. forcefully came out because then there was something that needed to be done. Right. And like you said, the story follows that you know there's a lot of family dynamics, uh, which I feel like is one of the things that almost everyone mm-hmm. can, you know, rep- uh, so everyone well, can identify with. Everybody I mean, everybody came issues. from, a, yeah. yeah, you came from a family, or right. whether you like them or you hate them, right. or you are trying to reconcile, or whatever the case may right. be. There is that. That was that was the primary rooting factor in the story. It's like, okay, here's the story about a father and a son, and you know, the broken relationship and how he becomes a hero while trying to deal with a lot of inner struggle Mm -hmm. you know so again at the surface it looks like oh yeah you know flying but there's a deep story within that that i feel like yeah anyone can identify with absolutely that's why like no no bs man like i really i i went through the first book uh, pretty quick in one sitting i was just (laughs) like all right you know and and, you know also just keep in mind i'm an avid comic book reader in general but Um, one thing I also really respected about you is that you didn't just do uh, a one-off comic series. You built like an entire company off of this. Yes. Unique Studios. Mm-hmm. Y-O-U-N-E-E-K Studios. UniqueStudios.com. Go check that out. Um, so, you know, I know you're a web developer at one point. Like, yeah. And I saw in an interview that you've done before that you had, quote unquote, gotten tired. You've done it for like four or five years and mm-hmm. you've gotten tired of that life. Yeah. What's what's that feel like and what was the impetus to kind of create your own shop and, and yeah. go out on that limb and take that risk? I feel I mean I I I am I'm, I'm of a very like what I feel is that every each and every one of us has something that has been placed in our hearts mm-hmm. um that we want to do whether yeah. we admit it or not like mm-hmm. there's something in each and every one of us there's this burning desire that you, there's a dream there's a vision that you want to see um, you know that that you want to see achieved, and for me, 
working, um, you know, you know, working as a web developer, like I was making good money. I mm-hmm. was, I was, I was successful. I was growing up, the, uh, growing, going up the ladder in, in, um, at my job and everything. But I just did not have fulfillment. I didn't feel like I was doing what I was born to do, or what is it that okay? The thing that I know God had put inside me that wanted me to achieve. Mm-hmm. And at some point, <laughs> the funny thing is, like, I, I when people ask me, okay, when did you know? It was, I went to work one morning and I sat down and literally I put my hand on the, on the mouse and I stared at my screen for one hour mm. and I just zoned out. And I, like, I can't tell you what I was, my mind was not there. And I, when, when that happened, I was like, I have to find a way to do what it is that I love. Right. You know, but then again, I had to, I put together a plan for a year. I didn't just quit then. Right. That's the mistake a lot of people make. It's like, oh, okay, I'm just going to quit my job. No, you right. have to plan. Cold turkey don't <laughs> You work. know, you have to have a plan. You have to have a backup plan. You have to figure out, okay, this is how I'm going to take care of my expenses. So and for you, me. And you still, you still do freelance. Yeah, work, yeah. Right? I still do that. I do that to supplement, uh, yeah. you know, the thing I do with, with my comics as well too, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, right now I, <laughs> I have two to three streams of income. And that's mm-hmm. like, as an entrepreneur, I feel like, especially when you first start, you have to have that. Yes. Before you have, okay, one thing that I know, okay, now I can focus on on this and then, you know, kind of like start dropping things. So I, I, you know, I, I do a lot of freelance, you know, right. web design and web development to supplement uh, my income as well as, okay, some of the stuff that comes from the comics as well. Too. So for me, it was just, I, I felt like there was something that was different for me. There was a level of fulfillment I wasn't achieving at my job and I just needed a change. I think what's also important, I mean, this is these are gems. I'm glad that you're saying these things um, for our listeners, but... The fact that I, I feel like there's some overlap in the work that you do in, in um, web development yeah. that transfers directly over to what you do in Unique. So it's yeah. not just about having multiple revenue streams mm-hmm. unless you're like investing and in stuff like that. That's a totally different world. Yeah. But if you're doing you know other things, make sure that there is some overlap that you can take those skills or that helps you know empower yeah. the main goal. Yes, right? exactly, exactly. So um, so what made you decide to choose graphic novels? Because when I first found out about Unique mm-hmm. Studios, I saw an animated short of Wally Williams. Right? right. And I know you went to school and you took a course on animation. Mm-hmm. So why the pivot mm-hmm. to do to lead with graphic novels mm-hmm. as opposed to lead with animation? You still do it. But why? Animation is extremely expensive. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's an expensive um endeavor um and it's not like i'm not working on that right now but mm-hmm. that's more of a long-term thing that's right. what i wanted to do at first so i did a pilot um and i made a pilot for exo right that was about eight minutes long and um i was i pitched that around i got great feedback um but there's a lot of gatekeepers yeah when it comes to Politics, it's not just yellow tape all yeah it's not just about having you know great content mm-hmm. you have to know people that have money that have power um you know and sometimes that takes that takes a lot of work and what's um, what what's actually great about um, the comics is that it allows me to release my intellectual property out there yeah. and have my characters out there. Right. As opposed to now, if I hadn't done, if I was chasing the animation for three years, I would have no characters. I would have no trademarks, no copyright, no stories. It could be hit or miss too. Exactly. Yeah. But now, while I'm chasing the animation, I'm releasing these characters. I'm releasing this IP, and I, it's out there. People are buying the books. I have, you know, sales records. I'm building a fan base and things yeah. like that. That Leverage, as, as exactly as as more as 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 these as the books are more successful, I'm getting more meetings. Because people are seeing, people are like, oh, I heard about you. I saw your, your post, uh, your, your article on CNN. Right. I heard about you on I Washington saw this Post. YouTube interview. I yeah. saw that, you know. I saw, so people are, people are starting to see that there's actually a fan base for this. And, and people, there's actually a strong following for what it is that I'm doing. So with each 
book I release and every every book that someone buys, it gets me a step closer to be able to get to the point where I'm able to raise enough money to actually do the animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I think what what kind of helps unique studios separate itself from the rest of the pack in terms of independent or smaller distributors and mm-hmm. creators is your use of like you know um, marketing and, and mar- embedding marketing skills into your website and where your right. comics can be found yeah for example like you have a you know a pop-up as soon as you go to the website mm-hmm. that talks about like a deal like that yeah. people sign up they can get yeah like, over 100 pages of, of comics free right and right. you do you blog yeah. pretty often mm-hmm. uh, you're you're out there you're you know you just did an interview with good morning washington yeah. last week mm-hmm. so you know where did that that how did you acquire or build up those skills for marketing? Mm-hmm. Where did that innovation come from? Was mm-hmm. there a team behind that that helped you mm-hmm. steer that in, in, in that direction? Like, so um, as I mentioned, like when I when I decided that okay, I, I needed to leave my my full time job. I told you right that I had to put a plan together, mm-hmm. and one of those things was, and I feel like a lot of times we creative people we miss this because we're so focused on oh my story or my character mm-hmm. or my book or my movie that we forget about business. Right. I wanted to learn how to start a business mm-hmm. before even writing a character or you know, you know, um, you know, creating a universe or anything like that. Those things are good, but I was I I had those creative skills already, but I had to develop business skills. I had to know, okay, how do I sell my books? Mm-hmm. How do I you know, do PR, how do I market, how do I advertise, where do I do it, how often do I do it, mm-hmm. how much of a budget do I need to set, how do I do my own accounting, how do I do taxes, how do I do trademarks, how do yeah, I take LLC care of my, yeah, my legal, you know, legal matters, how do I do that, how much is that going to cost me, what kind of lawyers do I need to do, what, what happens when I have to ship my books internationally, how long, um, you know, how much is it going to cost me, like, so all these things, I have to do a lot of research, and some of it is learning on the job, but a yeah, lot of yeah, it yeah. you can do before so i like literally i just started buying books on amazon mm-hmm. i mean if you look at my 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 kindle list right now you would see just hundreds of books right. because that's that's i feel like first of all the internet has leveled the playing field absolutely you want to learn something google is your friend yeah, absolutely you, you understand what i'm saying yes. youtube uh, yeah you know forms. exactly it's uh, the information is out there so you have no excuse now you understand what i'm saying so yeah. for me it was about learning 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 and I'm also even passing down that knowledge as well. Too. So even on my blog, you will notice that um, I have a lot of posts about, hey, this is what I did to get on CNN. This is what I did to sell my books here. This is what I did to get distribution. Right. Because I, I know that I made a lot of mistakes and a lot of people that are coming after and people that want to do this, you feel so lost because it's a, it's such a tall order. It's like, okay. Right. What's step one, right? <laughs> exactly. And then you see things like Marvel and DC and how huge they are. And it's like, right. How do I even compete? You right. understand what right. I'm saying? But what you always have to understand, and I say this a lot, is that, you know, Disney is one of the biggest companies in the world right now. Absolutely. But it all started with one guy doing Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of times people want to be Disney, but they don't want to start with Mickey Mouse. You know, they want That's to start with the theme park. They That's want to bar. start, you know, they want to start with uh, buying all the companies and having the, you know, billion dollar quarters and things like that, yeah. which those are good aspirations. Right. But you have to start from somewhere. Right. Find that flagship title, character or business or Disney's product. Been around for like 75 years. Exactly. You know and start from somewhere and then scale, you right. know, as you go as well. Too. Going back to the to the networking point in terms of meeting, you know, getting past gate, gatekeepers, identifying mm-hmm. gatekeepers. And, you know, getting that leverage to, to meet a certain person that's going to help you get from point A to point B. Yeah. You know, like you said, once you kind of get the ball rolling, it keeps rolling as long as you put energy into it. But what was that first kind of set of 
you know, initial interactions mm-hmm. and whatnot? Did you go to like uh, a comic book expo? Mm-hmm. Did you go, you know, to did you just cold call or warm email people? Mm-hmm. Like, what was that strategy to get the first uh, linchpin mm-hmm. and you, you know, moving right. on your journey to meet? influential people so for me it was about looking at the people that were success, successful out there doing what i was doing and studying exactly what is it, what it is that they have done mm. um so i researched um a lot of people i you know i went into uh, looking at other independent people that were doing comic books and how they had done you know what it is that they had done and and just looking at you know looking at their history looking at everything that they had done all the uh, interviews and articles that i could find out online and then just reaching out to people and asking them how did you do this mm-hmm. you know where did you get this from you know how did you go about this you know uh one person that has been very influential in 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 terms of helping me you know just you know looking at him as a mentor from afar you know because he's very busy is joe illage um he he's a senior editor at lion forge okay. um you know so he's been very helpful not just even giving advice but even just looking at him as okay this is an African-American who has been very influential in the comic book industry. He's worked for DC Comics. He's done a lot of t- stuff, you know, with, um, you know, comic book resources and some of the other big players in the industry. And just, you know, learning from people like that, looking at people that are successful and then taking certain things from them and, and then making it your own, yeah. you know, as well. too. So for me, it was studying a lot of people. Um, and one thing that helped me too was doing a Kickstarter for the first book, mm-hmm. you know, because and again Perfect. that I, again I studied for six months before I put myself on, on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So I didn't just wake up and say, okay, I'm going to do Kickstarter next week. Right. I then I went on Kickstarter. I took I looked at the five most successful projects that that were in comics, and then the five you know most unsuccessful comics. Mm-hmm. And I tried to okay, I'm not going to do this from what these guys did, right. and then these guys that were successful, I'm going to do that. Right. And then I studied for six months. I bought some books. You know, I did some courses online or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then six months later, I launched the Kickstarter and it was successful. Nice, man. Yeah, I, I, that was going to be my next, next question, funding, because it seems like, because yeah. you just did another Kickstarter campaign. Of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the fact that you, you were able to kind of garner so much support from crowdsourcing mm-hmm. and getting people who just, you know, were a fan of you or bought into you or bought into the products that you create. Right. In order to do that multiple times for multiple iterations of yeah. comics is, is extremely impressive. So Thank you. Yeah. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll... Um, finish out this interview with mr roy coupe man i hope you all enjoy it so just stay tuned grab some popcorn or some water whatever you want to do Music you're listening to is by Flash Frequency, local producer. Catch his show Leaf Broadcast Thursdays at 6 on Full Service. We'll be right back with the All the Fly Kids show. Yo, what up? This is Backpack Matt, and you are still tuned in to All the Fly Kids show. This is episode number 62. Absolutely. The new Africa episode featuring my man Royal Coupe, director and founder of Unique Studios, um, the creator of EXO, Legend of Wale Williams, Malika, Windmaker. You know, this is somebody who's been dropping gems for the past 30 minutes. So let's finish this out smooth. Right. So 
I know at one point, similar to me, you had like a small stint where you were creating music and you mm-hmm. were doing your thing. You were you were rapping. Was this during like the college days, like it was for me? Or? Yeah, that was. Um, no, actually, I think that that was just after I'd left um, college. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I did. Um, that that was that was fun times. I, I was in a group. <laughs> I, was, I was in a group called PCE Crew. Nice. It was actually a gospel rap uh, rap group. And, right. Um, yeah. I mean, we traveled. We did a lot of touring. Um, you know, internationally mostly, and around here as well too. Um, it, it was it was a fun time. It was a really fun time. You were doing some animation work. You know, before you created Unique, you were yeah. doing a lot of animation for uh, Christian and gospel based mm-hmm. events yeah. and stuff. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it all kind of feeds into each other. So yeah. Did, yeah. Did you always just have a passion for music? Or are you the type of person who plays beats and melodies <laughs> in your head? Are you one of those folks? Or? You know, the funny thing is that if I take it back a little bit, um, you know, um, so I actually, I actually started doing a lot of things in my church, like mm-hmm. acting, you know, and, and rapping at one point I even tried to join the choir. As yeah. I was <laughs> in the choir as a kid too. That didn't so. last long, man. Yeah, there's no <laughs> judgment here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like but, so many creatives come from the church environment, though. Yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, and I, I'm, I'm very lucky to be part of a church that actually, um, shout out Jesus House, D.C., um, that Jesus actually, um, they, they, they nurture your talents. Yeah. Um, and they allow you to express yourself in the church. And mm-hmm. that was my first foray at doing animation or rapping, Word. singing, and, um, you know, just being part of an environment where I could test my skills out before right. I even got into the real world. So I, I, got, right. I got a chance to do a lot in there. And fail yeah. gracefully and learn and become better. Right. In an um, environment before. that supports you. Exactly. So yeah. that, that that was that, that was an amazing, amazing time for me as well, too. I asked about the music, not so much to like, you know, pick on you because I, I do I have mixtapes <laughs> out there in the world too, bro. Uh, <laughs> but you know, um the big hype right now before Black Panther the movie mm-hmm. comes out is the soundtrack that was released that yeah. was yeah. you know, um executive produced by Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Top Dog. Are mm-hmm. you do you listen to like Kendrick and some of those artists? Are you yeah like when aware? I when I have time yeah. yeah yeah. So it seems like it's dope to see that. Um, I feel like soundtracks have been whack for for a while. Yeah, and it's good to see the essence of mm-hmm. the quality soundtrack yeah. come back with original music that right. has a theme to it, mm-hmm. and that's tied to it for it to be tied to Black Panther and to be Kendrick yeah. just makes yeah uh, perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just uh, when it comes to so when I thought about the music aspect angle mm-hmm. of it. I thought about what you started to do with mm-hmm. your comics, right? So you have your graphic novels, which are maybe what 40, 50 pages, you know, and uh, sixty perhaps. Uh, no, uh, long form, hundred, right? hundred pages minimum. Okay, yeah. so I was speeding through them. So a hundred, a <laughs> hundred pages, right, for like the graphic novels. But yeah. then you've also created this thing called one-offs. Yeah. Can you uh, describe to the listeners what a one-off is? Yeah. So the unique one-shots, um, they they are actually shorter form, um, shorter comics. Uh, well. They're comics because I do graphic novels, which are the long form comics. Right. Uh, so they're short comics, 32 pages that actually give more of a backstory on, on each character. So there's a lot of exposition that I can't really put into the main graphic novels because I don't want to make it too boring. Yeah. Um, but it's it's if it's for fans that really want to know, OK, what is this character really about? Um where did they get their powers from and right. okay how is it that they became these heroes or okay what is it that they were doing between this uh volume one and volume two, two and yeah. on all that so it's, it's also it's also great for people that want to have a low cost option to get into the universe mm. like okay i'll pay five bucks read these 30 pages the story doesn't need to, it's not connect it's not um it's connected to all the other 
um, books, but it's in the, it's an individual story that you can enjoy on its own. On its own thing. And then if you want more, you can go to the graphic novels. It's like a little mini adventure. Exactly. Right. Yeah, so so it, it reminds me of, I brought, just to tie back to the music thing I was talking mm-hmm. about, like how artists will drop like their albums, but then mm-hmm. like you, your one shots are kind of the equivalent of a mixtape. Exactly. You know yeah, what exactly. I mean? Exactly. That's, yeah. that's a perfect analogy. Perfect. Yeah. And yeah. speaking of music, not to, to kind of go move away from music, but talking about. You're not going to make me sing, right? No, 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 no. I was, I was going to try and prank <laughs> you to see if you could drop a freestyle, but nah. I'm going to do that too. You're too much of a good guy. But, but okay, so streaming, right? It's not just music streaming, right? Mm-hmm. Now there's platforms where comics can be viewed and read mm-hmm. on a tablet, on a computer. You don't right. necessarily need like the printed physical hard copy version of it anymore. Right. And from your background in tech and IT and web development, how much has, you know, platforms like what comiXology and mm-hmm. some of those platforms we can go online mm-hmm. and get the newest version right yeah. there and download it and be ready to read mm-hmm. it just like that how has mm-hmm. that changed the game for you it's amazing uh, and it's not just comiXology it's um, comiXology kindle apple ibooks there you go um i know dc's know. creating their own platform exactly marvel has their own platform um there's even things like libraries have like um, hoopla now where it's like they can hoopla, download yeah digital ones there's overdrive for libraries as well too so um yeah the digital the digital age is 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 quickly coming but what i've noticed is that people that really like comics they still just like the print though yeah something about the physical yeah. turning of the pages and exactly looking at the, yeah you know so i mean even as we've looked at the digital sales since um between the last two years it it's not like you know print is coming down digital is coming up digital is coming up on its own but print is really just you know it's steady steady on yeah. that as well too so it's i think it's a great um it's a great avenue too for people that um especially people that are not like maybe here in the u.s and they can buy the books readily mm-hmm. um we are working on you know we have inter- international distribution in the uk and in europe yeah. and then now we just have we just got distribution um in lagos nigeria and in cinemas as well too nice so people that actually go to go and watch like a black panther or avengers movie they can actually grab our books before or after wow. at the cinemas in, in in lagos nigeria as well too so we're working on print Very distribution dope. but i mean for people like you know people that are in asia or places that we haven't reached yet mm-hmm. you know they can download it instantly on comicsology or kindle right right as well too so i know like i saw that you had just announced not too long ago the distribution deal that you did uh, mm-hmm. for the UK and yeah. Europe. Yeah. So, you know, for a lot of us don't, we, we like comics mm-hmm. or we respect comics, but we don't know the work that goes into it. And oh, you my. say distribution, yeah. like, so what is, why is that so necessary? And what, what kind of work and legwork that you, did you have to put into it to kind of get it to that level where you can get that distribution? Yeah. So when it comes to, um, especially when you're self-published, distribution is usually the thing that can either make or break you, right? Yeah. Uh, as, or, unless you have this huge, massive fan base and you have a website where they can go to. But, um, you know, for now, like bookstores and libraries, 90% of them won't take your books or, or, unless they can get it through a distributor comic book gotcha. stores like again majority of them will take won't take it from you or else you can go through diamond which is hmm. diamond comics is the the only um distributor for comic book shops in north america okay um, wow they got a monopoly it, on the game like yeah that? they do and it's 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 you know it's um it's difficult to to get into diamond because of the competition you have marvel dc dark horse uh, image and all these you know huge companies but marvel is i'm sorry um, diamond has been very very kind to me Mm. um and again because i i created this this um this books in a way where they're so unique that they saw it and i was like okay i'm going to give this we're going to give this guy a chance because he's bringing something different to the table so i always try to tell um independent people as much as yes it can be a headache to get into diamond if you do your homework 
if you present yourself in a way where you can show them, look, I'm going to be profitable. I'm not just coming here mm -hmm. to say, just put my books in shops. I have the marketing. I'm going to be doing, you know, press releases. I'm, I'm, you know, I've been featured on this and this and this. So if you show them the social proof of your product, you know, they will give you a chance. And now also we're going to be part of Free Comic Book Day. Uh, so Free Comic Book Day is, is one day in May where comic book shops you can literally just walk in and, and just grab a comic for like 10 right. comics for free yeah yeah you don't have to buy anything just grab it and leave so malaika warrior queen is going to be, actually be a part of that free comic book day so please um in may go support your local comic book shops and grab free comics absolutely Definitely. That, that kind of uh reminds me of the point i wanted to bring up that comics very much so remind me of like vinyl except mm. they didn't dip down in popularity as low as vinyl did at mm -hmm. one point because yeah. of the advancement of technology but you know Unlike an MP3 mm -hmm. or a, a comic that you can view on your tablet, mm -hmm. like we were talking about, it's something about having that physical yeah. experience yeah. with that artwork. Yeah. It's almost like yeah. it doesn't just double as, it's not just art, it kind of doubles as decor as yeah. well for yeah. the household, yeah. Yeah. like a badge of honor. <laughs> exactly. Um, I also read that uh, you you the first team that you kind of put together was comprised of four Nigerian people. Mm -hmm. Is that true? And I know in your blogs, you, you get really candid in, in terms of being honest about some of the things that you have to go through mm -hmm. and some of the, the doubts and mm -hmm. the wins and the losses. But mm -hmm. one thing that you always point to in every blog is the concept of having a team and a good support yeah. system. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about what your and who your support system mm -hmm. is? I mean, uh, we Unique Studios won't be here as a company without all the artists that have worked on the books. I, like, I mean, I don't know if I said it as well. I, I can't draw to, to save my life. <laughs> if I had to draw to get out of, a, of, of, of some kind of predicament, I, I'll probably just be there. Um, and I've always wanted to draw. I just never had the talent to do it. So I just gave up and became a, a writer creator. That's actually why I started an animating because I was so frustrated that I couldn't draw. draw so, okay, I'm going to use the computer. I'm going to move them instead. <laughs> <laughs> to do that. Um, but yeah, um, my I, I, I work most of the time like 95 percent of the time i work with people back home and it's intentional because of two things number one i'm working on nigerian or you know african characters mm -hmm. and i want people that are on that are on that continent that are walking the streets that are there living breathing that um environment to actually work on these characters i feel like it brings another level of authenticity to that and the second thing is that i want to show the talent that nigeria has to bring the time that africa has to bring yeah. when it comes to comic books animation and video games you put out a blog post about that right? exactly one of your most recent ones. exactly because a lot of times again you don't get to hear about this thing in the mainstream you know media because you know i don't know why maybe it's because it's not sexy enough whatever the case may be but there's a wealth of talent yeah in Africa as a whole. Absolutely. Um, and I'm biased. I feel like the best is in Africa. As you should be. <laughs> but um, there's a wealth on that continent of people doing animation, um, you know, comic books, video games, that they don't they just they just don't get the, the they don't get to see, you know, they don't get they don't get the exposure that they that they deserve. Right. And part of my my goal is to use my platform to share their work and, and obviously collaborating with them. I mean they're not they're not doing me a favor. Like I mean, they're they're I mean they're getting they're paid. Good in their own right, they're, yeah. they're getting they're getting paid, and you know you know they're they're bringing they're bringing stuff to the table that I would never be able to get elsewhere. Right. And these guys are as much uh, part of my success as anybody. And let me shout them out real quick. Ayodele Elegba is one person that's always been with me. Uh, Sukomi Akingboye worked on the first EXO. Rafael Kazim was my one of my main colorists. Chima Kalu worked on the 
uh, Malaika Warrior Queen, Etubi Uniche, who has worked on, you know, me on several things. Godwin Akman usually does my concept art and, and covers it. There's so many people. Yeah. You know, and these guys are awesome. Um, check them out, please, if, you know, if, if, if you're curious about what Africa has to bring in talent. We'll, we'll put their uh, social media handles yes. and names in the description, man. Right. So right. We, we definitely want to show love to all the creators out there. Right. And you brought up a great point with that, was just like, I didn't realize because, you know, I went to one of the comic book shops a couple years ago that I frequent in Philly, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and and that's still the guy who kind of ships me my comics because I just mm-hmm. like I have a good relationship with mm-hmm. him. But I was he also kind of doubles as an illustrator. Oh, nice. Um, so I was just asking him because he was working on his tablet in the shop one day. And I was like, all right, yo, so do you do you create your own comic from scratch? Like, are you doing the entire process? He's like, nah, bro, <laughs> I'm just illustrating some 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 panels that, you know, my boy had kind of concepted. Mm-hmm. And so I'm mm-hmm. illustrating them and then I'm going to send them to the colorist. <laughs> exactly. Then after that. And then you got like sometimes you have somebody else who's going to do like the cover art. Yeah. It's that's a- different from the mm-hmm. panels exactly. inside the book. So yeah. like super intricate no it is and there's there's so many steps in between sometimes you have as many as you know six people you have obviously the writer and creator or just the writer then you have the person that does the pencils yeah. and then you have an inker and then you have the colorist inker. then you have the letter and then you have the cover art then you have the editor you know so it's a complete like I, I every time I'm working in a book, I almost lose my mind because it's so hard to you know, it's and it, it's not it's not it's, it's not anything to do against okay or people don't work hard. Even when you work hard and you have the best interest, working on a hundred page comic for eight months, you know it's. <laughs> and I'm just imagining like a revision that's early on in the chain, yeah, like, exactly. or changing the story, exactly. Like, you know, so it's it's a, it's it's crazy. Like now that I look back and see, okay, I haven't done this five times, man. It's it's. It's crazy. Anyone that does comics, and again, I don't do. I do minimum of a hundred pages with each book. You know, yeah. it's 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 crazy. It's a hell of a lot of work, man. And and that's that's like what they say. Like ninety nine percent of the what comprises an iceberg is below right, water. Exactly. You only see that one <laughs> percent exactly. that ice cap. Yeah. You know, but yep. most of the work is the stuff yep. that you'll never yeah. see. Yeah. Um, but that's the foundation, yeah. right? Um, so normally I'm, I'm going to bring back a segment that we started early in the year. Um, which is, you know, fly shit. What is the flyest thing you did mm-hmm. in 2017? But I'm actually, you know, I'm going to nominate one, an answer for you, <laughs> which is making it on New Africans, uh, 100 Most Influential <laughs> Africans of 2017. Jack, can I get a soaker horn, man? I know this is, yeah, we get an applause too, man. That's a big deal, bro. That's, that's huge. That's uh, uh, uh that's amazing. And I mean, I know you're, I see you have like this, the standout photo with the arms crossed in the, in the magazine page. And you know, like you got Ruth Nega, which is right above you. She's mm-hmm. on a preacher. Yeah. Um, right. Has a Nigerian right. heritage and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yo, like how does it feel to be not just in a magazine, but mm-hmm. acknowledged as one of the most, a hundred, one of the 100 most influential mm-hmm. people of Africa, of a I continent. Mean, it's, it's completely, it's so humbling. And um, I'm so thankful because if you, I mean, if you had told me that I was going to get on that list for doing comics, like the, that's the part that amazes me the most is that, um, and, and again, it shows the appreciation that, um, you know, the continent is showing for the creatives. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I, you yeah. know, I'm not sure if something like that would have happened 10, 20 years ago. Right. But now there's a, there's a paradigm shift. That there's things a groundswell yeah, of creativity things happen, Creativity is coming to the for, forefront. And um, to me, it's, it's just, it's proof that, if you if you really really have a dream and you work hard on it and your diligence and your patience and your persistence, eventually, 
it's it will come to pass mm-hmm. in a way that you know you don't you didn't necessarily imagine it and you know and i wouldn't be here without people who have bought the books people who have supported on kickstarter people like you who have invited me to a podcast written Thank articles you. about me you know because um you know this this isn't just me mm-hmm. and what i've created it's what i've created and how people outside have pushed me yeah how people have said this guy is great this guy's content is great these superheroes are great these characters are awesome these books are great the, the reviews on amazon you know the reviews on my website the, you know just people sharing on you know facebook and twitter this like that's the only way i was able to get this attention is it's, it's just the massive amount of support that people have have given so if you're out there and you have supported in any way even not even just by giving a single like on a post that you know me being on this list is as a result direct result of what it is that you've supported that's some powerful stuff man uh, much deserved man thank and, you um we're, you know we're gonna wrap up soon but uh i wanted to with the, the the time that we have left man i wanted to make sure that we dedicated the majority of this episode to Roy and his comics and his work. I know this is Black Panther week, Black Panther weekend, so I figured we could have a couple wait. minutes of Black Panther wait. talk. Man. <laughs> so what's your so what's the scenario? So I know you got some pre-sale tickets early. Oh, yeah. I know you're in there day one. What's oh, the yeah. setup going to be like? What first of all, let me, this is the first time that I bought a movie ticket for one day, like the you know the first day and the next day back to back <laughs> without even seeing the movie. Oh yeah, like so I'm seeing it on Thursday at uh, my life. My my wife is, was just laughing at me when I told her that it's like I mean you don't understand whatever, you know. So um I have a seven thirty ticket for Thursday Word. and I have a ten a.m. for Friday morning. Wow. Like I literally can't. I want to go back That's and smart, sleep, though. wake up and go, go and watch again. it again because I just fire. know it's going to be great. Um, you know, and yeah, I have my outfits. I sold it coming back from Lagos, Nigeria. I told my tailor to get me like eight different outfits. Hey, that was I gonna be my next question. I know you're about to get picked, suited to booty. I haven't picked for me. I've told my wife you have to dress up too. Hey. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as well too. It's it's going to be like Black Prom, right? Yeah, now. I mean it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a great time. Uh, it's it's time to celebrate. Um, it's a time. It, this is more than a movie. Uh, I know there's a lot of controversy about it outside. People saying, okay, you know, Blade was first, you know, this and right. that. You know, I, I get all that, but honestly, it's the first time that this has happened where you have a black writer, black director, majority, 95%, black you know, cast. Bla- a black cast. Blade didn't Marvel, have Marvel, I mean, $150 million uh, budget reportedly. Um, it's just the history, uh, you know, surrounding this thing is just so amazing. Yo, it's, it's broken records. It's broken pre-sale records. Yeah. It's being uh, lauded as and I love Blade, by the way. Work. Please don't me yeah. too. And I think that opened doors for superhero movies in general, Absolutely. not just black superhero. Yeah, movies. but the point is to to transcend that, right? Right. Isn't, exactly. that, isn't that the goal? Is right. I mean, and that's kind of like a weird argument to say. Well, Blade. Come on, man. Like, you know, that was what, like early 2000s, late 90s, you know what I'm saying? Which is a classic in its own right. Mm -hmm. We all love Wesley. Come on now. (laughs) So what is so so besides just the moment of Mm -hmm. the movie? Yeah. What does Black Panther mean to you in terms of the comics? Was that something that you really like held Mm -hmm. on to as something that was like amazing? Or were Mm -hmm. you more interested in like Wolverine and some of the other characters? Yeah. So like I mentioned, I I actually got into superheroes through animation. Yeah. Um, It wasn't until I got to the United States in 2002 that I started doing, okay, researching more comics, reading more comics. And then when I started my business, I went back to research, okay, from the history of comics, where it started. Right. The influencers and things like that. That was when I now started. I, I first started noticing. Okay, Black Panther released. You know, during around the time of the civil rights movements and things like that, and how instrumental it was as mm-hmm. a character back then, mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, which is why, honestly, even thinking about it now, Black History Month is so important because 
um, and, and I'll take out I'll, you know side side panel uh, Black Panther for now. You know it's important because it shows you what people before me have con- have done to be right. able to give me the opportunity to do what I'm doing right, right. now. I couldn't have done this in the 70s or in the 80s or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. You know, uh, you know. So it's very important to reflect and then use the opportunity that people have created for us to actually excel and, and be and be excellent in everything that you do. Uh, but Black Panther specifically. Um, it's more personal for me, and I don't say this in a selfish way. I was born and raised on the continent, mm-hmm. you know, and then to see Africa being represented with such excellence and such majesty yeah. in a movie that's about a superhero and a king mm-hmm. that, you know, is, is positive. It's, it's, you know, like I said, it's majestic. It's, it's, it, just, it just exudes excellence. Yes. It's so... It's, uh, for me, it's, it's something that I, I didn't know I, I, I've always needed, but I, like, now I know that this is something that I've waited for all my yeah, life. Yeah, I think we all have that feeling. A lot of us who don't even know what Wakanda was until right. like, <laughs> we saw everybody <laughs> talking what, about it on Wakanda? social media. You're right. And then all of a sudden you put that is in that your Twitter name. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> People might think it's a real place. That's crazy. But yeah, man, this is, it's, it's, yo, this is the time for, for us. I think this is like a really pivotal, pivotal moment. And mm-hmm. I think. We've already based off the reviews and, and the critics, mm-hmm. like we're gonna it's gonna be knocked out of the park, man. Yep. Shout out to Ryan Coogler. Yep, yep, yep. Um, shout out to everybody who worked on Chadwick. that project. Shout mm-hmm. out to Chadwick Bozeman. Lupita. Uh, Lupita. Like the, I mean the fact that they have like they, they didn't just include African American characters mm-hmm. in it and also included African characters mm-hmm. and really mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. integrated both. It's it's it is beautiful, man. But yeah, yeah yo. Shout out to you, Roy, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Um, it's been so much fun. Oh, good. I <laughs> want to make sure that the people who have been enlightened and enjoyed this conversation mm-hmm. um, will continue to get the gems from you. So can you share where people can find you, right. where people can follow Unique Studios as well? Yeah. So the best, the easiest place is to go to um, our website, uniquestudios.com. And that's y- Y-O-U-N-E-E-K and then the word studios.com. You can also find um, find me on you know social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram at Unique Studios. The same spelling. Um, you can read for free today if you go on the website. Um, you can get the books on 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 our website. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on iBooks. You can get it in books uh, books a million, Barnes and Nobles, your local comic book shop. Basically, if you if you find if you know somewhere that books are being sold, whether that's online or offline, you can get our books. So please go out and support. It's actually extremely important um, that uh, you go out and support because um, you know distributors they will return your books if they don't sell. Mm, right. So please don't <laughs> let it, don't let them lag on the shelves too long. Go out there, get the book, support. Get it on Amazon as well too if you don't like to go out. But I was I would say is try and support your brick and mortar um, bookstores and comic book shops as well as well too. And yeah, free comic book day, the uh, May the fifth on uh, on Saturday May fifth. You can also grab Malaika um, Creed and Fury, which is a one shot. And as well as so many other free books as well. So please support your local comic book shop and support Unique Studios. Word, word. We might have to get you back on a show like uh, during that week of oh, free, yeah, uh, free comic book day. Um, shout out to Jack Inslee, uh, the amazing Jack Inslee, um, who's our engineer and, and, and the dude behind all of this at Full Service Radio. Shout out to Full Service Radio. Um, follow me at Backpack Matt on Twitter, man. And, um, you know, like something that you said before, you create books that are true to the culture. For all the listeners out there, make sure you create something that's true to your culture. And with that, we're out. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. 
full-service radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at fullserviceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.